welcome to the GUT Podcast. I'm Mary McLean, Senior Lecturer and Consultant in Gastroenterology at the University of Aberdeen, Scotland, UK, and in my capacity as Education Editor, I'm hosting this podcast today. This month we are discussing the December 2015 Editor's Choice Manuscript entitled Mazalazine and Thymoquinone, Attenuate Intestinal Tumour Development in MSH2 LOXP LOXP Villain Cree Mice. This is presented by Professor Christoph Gachet and team from the Medical University of Vienna in Austria. And I'm delighted to be joined by Professor Gachet here today. Thank you and welcome to the podcast. So just to start off, your paper investigates a commonly used 5-ASA mesalazine for potential chemopreventative properties against the development of colorectal cancer and Lynch syndrome. So as an introduction, can you remind us of the features and genetic basis of Lynch syndrome and the gastrointestinal sequelae of this? Hello and good afternoon. Lynch syndrome has been previously referred as to HNPCC or hereditary non-polyposis colorectal cancer. And it is the most common inherited cancer syndrome uh, affecting somewhere between 1 in 2,000 to 1 in 8,000 people, specifically in the Western world. It is inherited in an autosomal dominant fashion. And besides the colorectum, it affects not also the stomach, sometimes, but rarely the small intestine, but commonly the uh, endometrial or, or ovaries in women. So a typical combination in women would be endometrial cancer together with um, colorectal cancer. The genetic fingerprint of Lynch syndrome is microsatellite instability, and this is actually mutations within repetitive DNA sequences, such as runs of A's or runs of T's. Uh, and when they're exonic in the DNA, it would lead to a frame shift that would secondarily lead to mRNA and protein truncation and to nonsense-mediated mRNA decay and loss of protein expression. One out of four mismatch repair genes are affected by such germline mutations in patients with Lynch syndrome. And these four genes are most commonly MSH2, MLH1, MSH6, or PMS2. The first two, MSH2 and MLH1, are the dominant gene, the big genes. MSH6 and PMS2 are the minor genes, uh, also with a minor phenotype. The best way to identify individuals with Lynch syndrome is actually by studying the tumors of such patients. And there is recommendations which tumors of which individuals should be studied. Those recommendations are called Bethesda criteria or revised Bethesda criteria. And this involves any colorectal cancer that is diagnosed before the age of 50. It involves tumors in patients that are synchronous or metachronous. Uh, with any of the Lynch syndrome cancers at any age. So when somebody has two cancers at one point in time, it's a significant indication that there's a genetic background. Uh, it is cancers with a so-called MSI high histology that is a very specific histology to pathologists with tumor infiltrating lymphocytes, with Crohn-like lesions in the tumors, or with a very low differentiation pattern, a mucinous or signet cell uh, histology. It involves cancer patients with more than one first degree relative with a Lynch syndrome related cancer, or it involves rel- uh, cancer patients with two second degree relatives with Lynch syndrome related cancers, regardless of any age. 
So when there is familiarity and when there is uh, more than one cancer or when cancer appears early with a certain histology, such cancers should be looked into more specifically and mismatch repair expression uh, should be detected by immunohistochemistry in the pathology lab. The second thing that should be done in such situations is so-called MSI testing, testing for microsatellite instability. And when a case with microsatellite instability and the loss of mismatch repair gene is identified, those patients are called back and germline mutations are seeked specifically for those lost mismatch repair proteins. So moving on to the paper now, can you tell us what the background evidence has previously in place to support mesalazine as a potential chemopreventative in this genetic disorder? Mesalazine is a quite old drug. It has been identified in the 70s as the active moiety of sulfasalazine that is used for treatment of active ulcerative colitis or maintenance of remission of ulcerative colitis since the 50s, actually. So there is long experience with mesalazine in patients with ulcerative colitis, and it is known that it reduces inflammation in this disease, but studies have also looked into the effect of mesalazine on prevention of cancer in the setting of colitis. And meta-analysis has have been mostly positive with regard uh, to cancer preventive properties. I became interested in mesalazine's molecular uh, activity on cancer chemoprevention when looking into the molecular structure. It is very similar to aspirin, which is another chemopreventive compound highly used in sporadic uh, colorectal cancer or for polyp prevention or for familial adenomatosis polyposis. And this aspirin has as mesalazine, as salicylic acid moiety um, that makes a very similar structure. Clinically, these two drugs are very different. Um, it is known that aspirin is poorly tolerated in patients with ulcerative colitis and leads to increase in bloody diarrhea. So uh, in 2005, we first published, actually, the effect of mesalazine, but not aspirin, to reduce replication errors at microsatellites in cell lines with a mismatch repair defect. And thereby, this improvement in microsatellite instability, we showed that it was independent of a functional mismatch repair system. And later, we observed that this was also true not only for CA repeats that we use primarily, but also for mononucleotide repeats, dinucleotide repeats, or tetranucleotide repeats. In later studies, we have demonstrated that mesalazine activates an S-phase checkpoint, thereby slows replication, and thereby improves replication fidelity. So together with its well-known and good clinical tolerability, mesalazine is an ideal candidate, actually, for chemoprevention in Lynch syndrome gene carriers. So you employed a sophisticated murine model of Lynch syndrome to explore this. So tell us a more about this model and why it was chosen for your study. Uh, previous mouse models of Lynch syndrome with a general loss of MLH1 or MSH2 typically died early and mainly of lymphoma. So colorectal cancer could not be studied in these mice. The Willinkree selective deletion of MSH2 allows the knockdown of this mismatch repair gene only in intestinal epithelial cells, and thereby this device 
develop small bowel and cecal tumors within 5 to 10 months. So you initially studied the effect of mesalazine and some natural compounds on replication fidelity in a cell culture system. So explain this process to us and what you found. In our initial experiments, we searched for more compounds such as mesalazine with similar protective effect on replication fidelity. We chose mainly natural compounds, which are generally considered safe and used as food additives uh, and have some evidence for cancer prevention. Uh, cinnamon, aldehyde, taurine, and thymokinone were selected, and thymokinone being the main active compound of the volatile seed oil of Nigella sativa, which is also called black cumin. These compounds were added to HCD116 cells, which are microsatellite unstable uh, and have a mismatch repair defect by MLH1 last. And these cells were uh, genetically modified uh, by introduction of an EGFP gene. Um, and secondary to this, or in addition, there was a CA repeat introduced right after the ATG start codon of this EGFP gene, putting the gene out of frame. So in, without any mutation in the CA13 repeat, there would be no EGFP expression only after loss of one of those CA repeats, making out of a CA13 a CA12, um, that would put the EGFP frame into the reading frame and would provide proper EGFP mRNA that is then translated into EGFP protein, which makes cells fluorescent and then can be detected by flow cytometry. Uh, in our system, we found that thymokinone, similar to mesalazine, reduced the number of these EGFP-positive cells in a dose-dependent manner, and so we concluded that it has similar preventive effects on mutations at this microsatellite. So based on these in vitro results, she did, decided to take forward mesalazine and thymoquinone to the preclinical in vivo murine model. So firstly, what is thymoquinone, and is it used uh, currently in clinical use? As I said, thymoquinone is the active compound of the volatile seed oil Nigella sativa and is commonly used as spice as, uh, from black cumin. Thymoquinone has known anti-inflammatory, antioxidant, anti-carcinogenic, and anti-proliferative effects in various cancers, including colorectal cancer, and is commonly used in herbal medicine. In European and American countries, Thymokinone is part of a lot of food additives and thereby uh, well tolerated. In our lab, in a previous study, Dr. Lang, who is also a co-author in this paper, has shown in a different paper that thymokinone induces tumor-specific apoptosis in APC min mice. So tell us about the key aspects of the experimental design of the mouse model system. First, all mice were genotyped and stained for the loss of intestine-specific MSH2 expression. Second, the mice were separated into five groups, four treatment groups and one control group. The four treatment groups were thymokinone low concentration, thymokinone at high concentration, 5-ASA or mesalazine at low concentration, and mesalazine at high concentration. 20 mice in each treatment group. And the treatment had been added basically to commercial chow, so it was part of daily food. In a parallel study, we studied the tumor incidence in these mice over time in our lab, 
I've used 30 mice, and they were euthanized after 20, 24, 34, and 39 weeks to see the tumor development in these mice in the control group and to test for the best uh, perfect time, basically, uh, to stop the main experiment. The weight gain was measured weekly, and mice were euthanized by standard procedures. Uh, Swiss rolls were prepared from the intestines, put into paraffin, cut into sections, and counted uh, and the tumors in these uh, Swiss rolls or in the intestines were counted under the microscope. As a third experimental procedure, we introduced a laser capture microdissection uh, of intestinal epithelial cells or tumor cells and performed microsatellite instability studies using a multiplex PCR of six microsatellites and compared these uh, to the tail DNA of the mice. And last, we also performed tunnel assays for studying apoptosis, as we saw previously that tunnel interferes with tumor apoptosis. So what were the main findings of this assessment with regard to tumor incidence and multiplicity? Both methylacine and thymokinone reduced the incidence and multiplicity of tumors in the small intestine. Uh, tumor incidence was reduced from 95% in control mice to 69% in mesalacin-treated mice and 56% in thymokinone-treated mice. The difference between the compounds was not significant, and the dose relationship was only observed for thymokinone. So you then assessed the effects of these agents on microsatellite instability. So tell us more about this and the conclusions that can be made from your data. As I said before, microdissection of intestinal epithelial cells and tumor cells was performed and microsatellite instability was studied uh, using this multiplex PCR for six microsatellites and compared to the tail DNA. In normal small intestinal epithelial cells, a consistent reduction in the number of mutations per marker was observed in all treatment groups, which was significant for 5-ESA high, thymokinone low, and thymokinone high. In tumor tissue, the frequency of mutations in untreated mice was significantly higher than in normal tissue, but there was no more uh, such significant difference seen between the treatment groups. So what other potential mechanisms could be involved in the chemopreventative effects you have reported? In the setting of ulcerative colitis, it was quite unclear whether the chemopreventive effects of mesalacine are due to its anti-inflammatory effect or whether mesalacine has also a direct anti-tumor effect. In our mouse model, we show for the first time that mesalacine has this direct anti-tumor effect independent of any anti-inflammatory properties because our mouse model didn't have any inflammation. We propose that the main mechanism in this model is the improvement of replication fidelity early at the initiation of tumorous genesis. Other mechanisms, however, may involve effects on intestinal microbiota, potentially through changes in mucus production through 5-ESA. This is a potential mechanism that we have just started to investigate. So what chemopreventative strategy is currently in use in Lynch syndrome, and how do you expect this new data to impact clinical practice in the future? 
That is a difficult question. You know, there is current recommendations that state that regular aspirin significantly reduces the incidence of cancer and lymph syndrome. The optimal dose, however, uh, should be determined in future randomized studies. And as you know, the CAP2 trial used 600 milligram of aspirin. This is a dose that it cannot be tolerated by a large amount of people for longer periods of time. Uh, I'm currently chairing a European consortium within the Transkin Foundation, and uh, we're currently seeking for an industry partner uh, to perform a clinical trial with mesalazine for chemo prevention in Lynch syndrome. However, after expressing initial interest, most or many or almost all European companies that produce mesalazine or have mesalazine on the market rather do not want to get involved into this competitive 5ESA chemo prevention business as they see a hard time to protect the indication of chemo prevention in Lynch syndrome in future to their own compound. And on the current mesalazine price, it would be too low, uh, a, a, a too big investment for an orphan disease. So I hope we find a partner for doing our clinical trial. We do have a funding, uh, but without a partner in industry, it uh, will be very difficult. So going back to your question, how do you expect our data to impact clinical practice? I hope this data is a good basis for convincing industry that they should invest into this area. And finally, what do you feel needs to be addressed in future research studies? I think the transition from a cell culture model, as we had it early in our trials where we tried to understand the molecular mechanisms of mesalazine, to a mouse model is really important. Of course, I would also love to study all these compounds uh, in other mouse models of mismatch repair deficiency, which would be willing create selective deletions of MLH1, MSH6, or PMS2. This would better help to understand the mechanisms of action and relate it to human disease or human mutations. And also, I think the potential shift in microbiota, as I have mentioned, may become very relevant to this model and needs to be addressed in future studies. Well, that brings us to the end of today's podcast. I'd just like to thank Professor Christoph Gashay for joining me today. Thank you very much. Thank you.